From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. On today's show, we're answering the question, what can I do to fall in love with my spouse again if I've fallen out of love? And as we open today's show, I want you to just listen to this quote attributed to Anonymous that says, a successful marriage requires you to fall in love multiple times, but always with the same person. And that is the truth coming from a couple who's been married 24 years and for probably many of you. Absolutely. And and that's really what we're talking about with this concept of falling in love again on today's show. But first, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is really, truly an opportunity for us to celebrate you and the wins that you have in your marriage. And right. this hug came from a direct message we received from inst- on Instagram. And it starts with, we were basically sexless, resentful, and totally disconnected. It was terrible. Yeah. I know a few of you are probably like, that's a hug. Mm-hmm. Just listen. In January, I decided to confront him and we both acknowledged how bad it all sucked, but we still wanted to try. <laughs> we loved our family, just not our marriage. Mm. Less than two months later, it's totally turned around. We have sex three to four times a week. We snuggle. We make a point to talk every night without any distractions. We are excited to be together and our connection keeps deepening. Mm. It's it. literally the best sex we've ever had together. And we were together in our early 20s when hormones and lack of inhibitions were at their highest. I thought we were lost. I thought I might be happier as a single mom instead of living like this. But now I'm madly in love with my husband. Oh, yes. And it's not like we had to put in huge amounts of effort. It was just being very intentional with what we were putting effort into and making the choice every day to do it. Wow. Oh, I love it. I love it. All about falling in love again. Mm-hmm. Right. And that and that hug coming alongside a, a message that we got from, you know, a member of the One Family Facebook group really was the catalyst for the show. And that that message that we got said, hey, guys, I know you've done a podcast on not being in love. And for those of you that haven't listened to that show, it's I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Episode 219. And, and we actually recorded that show. I went back and looked for the date because I'm like, when did we do that? That was May of 2014. So it's been a bit. And I will make sure to link to that in the episode notes. Absolutely. So almost seven years since we recorded that show. Wow. And she went on to say, would you ever consider doing one on finding love again? I sometimes feel like it's too late. I'm in the too late phase of my heart. And as hard as I try, I can't get that. I love him feeling back. I appreciate him and I'm still with him, but I find myself wanting to start over again with someone new, but Mm. I don't want to break up my family. Mm. And that's not an uncommon feeling. I I want y'all to know that somewhere around 65% of you said that there has been a time in your marriage where it's felt like you've fallen out of love with your spouse. Mm Mm-hmm. And truth be told, you're listening to two people that have had that same conversation Mm -hmm. in their marriage. And I would even say over the last 11 years, even while podcasting and working with marriages, I would say Elise and I have probably at times would probably look at across from each other and go, am I truly in love with you? Mm. So, uh, and I'm just, I'm just speaking truth, not saying we're going to divorce or anything of that nature. I'm just saying you can sometimes get those feelings of like, 
am I really in love with you? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I don't know when or where we, we got this expectation collectively. We got this expectation that marriage would be, you know, butterflies and the warm fuzzies all the days of our lives. I mean, I do have a sneaking suspicion I know where, and I think it has something to do with the start of Facebook in 2004 and Instagram in 2010. And, and, and just movies in general. Correct. And I think media in general. Media in general, but I do think that the accessibility mm-hmm. to seeing other people's lives mm-hmm. has put us in this place where where we're like, I, I don't feel the way that picture looks. Right. We don't have a marriage that looks like that picture looks. And so if I don't have that, then I'm probably not in love with you anymore. I feel like I've fallen out of love with you mm-hmm. because our life doesn't look like that. And, you know, we've talked about comparison and we've done shows on that, but, th- but this concept of falling out of love and trying to find it again. I mean, guys, we've struggled with this in our marriage. I mean, Tony's talked about, you know, just even in the last 11 years, well, the first, the first 10, 11, this was, I don't want to say it was a perpetual state, but it was definitely like, I remember saying the words to Tony, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Mm -hmm. I remember questioning on multiple occasions over the 24 years that we've been married. Like, where did, where did those feelings go? Mm -hmm. Where are they? And why don't I like, when Tony walks into the room, why am I not like, Dang, how am I the luckiest girl on the planet? Well, you need to do that more. Well, <laughs> yes. But but when you get in that place, it's really easy. And it's been easy for me over the years to go, just like that the hug that I opened the show with, would it be easier for me to be a single mom? Mm. Would it be easier for me not to have to push through the fact that I'm not feeling it right now? And I've, I've had the... I, I don't know. Could I do the single mom thing? Those thoughts go through my head because there have been seasons of disconnect in our marriage. Seasons mm-hmm. where I, if you would ask me, do you love Tony? I'd be like, mm, I love him. Yes. Like in the generic love, you know, the, I, I will stay here and I will grit my teeth and I will bear this out kind of love. But the like mad passionate, he's my guy love. Not always. Hmm. Not always. I mean, there have been dry seasons in our marriage. Yeah, truly. For sure. And and it's it, it's on both sides, guys. It's not like I've been the one over the last 24 years where I'm like, oh, it's all me and I just want... It. That's not true. No, I think in a marriage, both spouses are going to go through those moments and times. And yet, you can fall in love again. Mm-hmm. We're here to, to share and let you know that you can fall in love again and again and again. You have to do it and you can do it because Elise and I have done it. Even though I have felt that way over the last 11 years and the first 11 years, I fall in love with Elisa in a different way. Mm-hmm. I, I see her from a different light. We have a walk and talk and, and something begins to light up in me. You know, we, we, we get out for a date. We go do a drive and something lights up in me again. There, there's a fire, there's a passion again. And, and so it's something that is continuous right? and not just the butterflies and the sparks and the, oh my gosh, feelings when we met 26, almost 27 years ago now. That's such a long time. <laughs> and I'm just laughing because I'm like, we have friends that are 27. I'm like, they were babies. 
But they may not have even been Some born of our friends were point. not even born. But, but it was interesting because you were talking about the butterflies again. And all of a sudden I had this image of caterpillars. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us go through these cycles, you know, when, when we're questioning where did the feelings go, or what causes them to leave the marriage? I think sometimes we're in a season where, where we've, we've gone into like a caterpillar stage or the chrysalis where, where things are just dormant. Things are, things have the potential. All the potential is there yeah. for the butterflies again. All the potential is there for the connection, but they, they, they've just gone dormant mm-hmm. for a while. And you know, it was interesting preparing for the show. I actually did a little research on brain science. Because I was curious. I'm like, okay, let's talk about these feelings. What's what's causing them? What are those neurotransmitters that are responsible for this? And how do they interact with our interactions mm-hmm. as we're newly in a relationship? And you know, when you first meet and you're falling in love, there's this rush of dopamine. And this is all wrapped up in the the chase and the pursuit of love. It's that early rush of discovering, oh my gosh, like, like I want to be with this person and, and I want to spend time with them and I want to do everything with them. And there's also oxytocin, which, you know, a lot of times that's talking talked about in regard to mothers and bonding and that touch Uh that happens there and and that oxytocin that's released with the touch right and how we touch and and you think back to the early days of the relationship and you're like I can't you know what's the phrase I can't keep my hands off this person Mm -hmm. right like I want to touch I want to kiss I want to hug I want to be next to like let's have sex like all of that stuff in the early part touch and the building of trust that comes through the touch and and just how you build trust together is all wrapped up around in and around oxytocin and there's also serotonin Hmm. in play here and that's that's with knowing you know that really comes into play with knowing that that you're a priority to this person right that that you're a wife or husband that, that in this in this title, in this understanding of who you are in relation. And, and it gets expressed in, you know, and manifest with the expressions of affection, right? And so and not just touch like we were talking about with the oxytocin, but just, you know, how does your partner express their affection, whether it be through those words or, or that, you know, verbal expression, the bonding that you, you'll walk by and you're like, you hear your spouse talking to somebody else and like, my wife is the best or my husband is so unbelievable. And you're like, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. That that's me. And you know, it, it's it's easy when you hear about those, like how those get formed, to also understand how they wane over time. Because you know, in a lot of marriages, and in ours too, there's you know situations where there's been broken trust, right? Where the familiarity of a relationship over you know five, ten, fifteen, twenty, forty, fifty years, you know, there isn't that same pursuit. Mm-hmm. The touch changes, the expressions of affection change. And you can see where the familiarity can lower those hormones. You know, there's been that lack of touch or feeling unappreciated or underappreciated. You know, with time, maybe you're not as invested in the emotional connection, right? And all these things, if you understand the brain science, you start to go, oh, is this maybe the reason why mm-hmm. we don't have as many of those feelings in play. Is that why I'm feeling like I've fallen out of love? Is that why, you know, maybe we've just gotten lazy, right? I'm going to tell you, laziness will kill a marriage. Mm -hmm. Straight up. And it's big brother busyness. Yeah. Those two like to go hand in hand. You're either, you know, being really lazy or you're being really busy or doing both. Mm -hmm. You're lazy in the relationship because you're so busy doing everything else. I can't tell you how many people have sat across from me during a coaching session and they're like, at least we're just, we're so busy. And the question comes at what price for the feelings in your marriage? Mm -hmm. Because if you're so busy doing all the other stuff that there's no time for this, 
then this, meaning your marriage, will fall apart. Right? And there are definitely going to be cracks in those pillars. Totally. Totally cracks in the pillars. And it's looking at all these things. And, and I love the fact that that we get to share with you guys the brain science and understand how, like how that increases, right? The beginning of the relationship and how there are all these factors. And that list that I just shared with you guys, those are your words. That mm-hmm. came from the Instagram poll that we did this week saying, you know, what's caused the disconnect? What's caused you to feel like you've fallen out of love with your spouse? And, you know, the interesting thing is that when you are in any of those really negative situations, broken trust or just routine or feeling underappreciated or, you know, laziness, tiredness, all of those things, your body actually starts to release a different hormone, right? It starts to release the cortisol and too much cortisol is not good for you, right? It gets you into this place where your body starts looking to feel good again, right? Because you're flooded, you don't feel good. Mm. And so naturally we want to go feel good. And that's where you can start to go, maybe like that, that comment, maybe the grass is greener somewhere else. Maybe if I start over again with someone new, mm. it will be, I'll have those feelings again. Yeah. I can do those things. I'll, I'll get that rush, the dopamine and the oxytocin and the serotonin. Maybe I can, I can create a situation with someone else where that will come back. But here's the beauty in all of this. If it's action that originally created those responses and those reactions inside of you, then it's also action that can get it back. And we're going to talk about that after this break. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We're back and we're discussing ways to fall in love again, to recapture the feelings that have gone MIA, right? And, and a lot of times I will tell you that people are like, well, well, when I feel like, mm. when I feel the love again, then I'm going to do X, Y, Z. When I feel happy again, when I feel joyful, stop, just stop right? You can't wait for the feelings to return in order to take action. Mm -hmm. Feelings follow action. It's not the other way around. I wish it was. I wish we could just be like, hey, you know, like I'm going to push the happy feeling button and be all good. 
and then I'll do whatever I need to do to make my marriage amazing because I feel happy. It's, it's saying, you know what? We're in a season. I don't necessarily feel like I love you right now. And I've, I've had this thought, you guys, this is not Mm. like, this is not just theory that we haven't walked through. There have been dry, dry seasons in our marriage where, where we did not feel in love with one another. Yeah. And we had to make some hard choices. We had to look at the person in the mirror and we had to say, okay, what are you going to do? That's right. On both sides. And sometimes it's one of the toughest things to do. Because I, I really do believe that I think many of us go, well, it was so easy to fall in love. Like we were there. Mm-hmm. We saw each other. I mean, all of us have a story of how we met from some of you met in like grade school, middle school, mm-hmm. high school, college, online, wherever you have your story. And in our minds, we're like, it was so easy. I mean, we just... We just fell in love. We saw each other. We we began to chat, you know, through eHarmony or one of the many other online platforms. And then we're in this spot going like, well, why is it so hard? Mm-hmm. Like we've been married for 10 years. Why is it so hard now? Why can't, why isn't the love there? Why isn't it like it was when we first met? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. As you were saying that, I thought we think it's so easy in the beginning but actually there's so much effort that goes into it. There, there's so much effort. Like think about, like I think about with you, where in those early days, we spent hours. Oh, we lost jobs because of where we were. I mean, we- hours and hours and hours talking to one another. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't think anything of dropping everything in an afternoon and going for a ride up left hand Canyon or up to Chautauqua park and right. you know, in and around Boulder. And, and like, we would just, we would just do it. We put a lot of effort mm-hmm. into the beginning. And, and I think oh, like, when did we start to drift ourselves in those early years? And we drifted when we stopped putting that effort in. Yes. Most, most definitely. And, and it's funny how we as humans, like we always, we always look back with those rose colored glasses to say, well, it was easy in the beginning. But I think if you actually took the time to think through the effort that you put in to get to know your spouse, the easy was the rush of the hormones, but you were still pushing mm-hmm. and, and putting forth a ton of effort. But the hormones override your perception of effort. Yeah. And we can allow, we can allow those hormones to dictate where we're going in our marriage. Mm. Because if all we're going to do is allow those hormones to tell us if we're in love or not in love, then I think the majority of us, I would say, would just be like, well, I'm not in love with my spouse because we don't have those hormones. We don't have that dopamine rush. We don't have the oxytocin rushing through us. We don't have the serotonin, you know, just going, this is it. This is it. This is it. And yet if we take action and we look at our six pillars of intimacy and we look at each one and we go, all right. How can we engage one another in each of these Mm -hmm. so that way we can have the extraordinary marriage so that way we can fall in love again? What does that begin to look like? And then what it it begins to do is those hormones start going again. And the stress hormone, cortisol, which dampens everything, which is is horrible for all of us. Mm -hmm. So we get out of this place of stress and fear. 
We get rid of that hormone and we start making the effort towards one another. We start taking action towards one another and we allow those to start the good hormones to start increasing. Now with that, I'm sure we could do a ton of science and there's probably ton of you scientists in here who would probably say, Hey, those levels of hormone will never be like they were in the beginning. So we, we have to understand that too in life. Like, can we get them back? Sure. And each of us are different. So I don't know. Cause I'm not a scientist, but I'm, I'm probably close that it's not going to be exactly the level of those happy hormones that are going to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's some truth to that, but you know, it was interesting that, you know, as I was analyzing these three, the dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin, that if, if we collectively looked at the six pillars of intimacy and made a decision that we were going to do what we could, you know, again, what can I do to fall in love again? And we thought in terms of what does pursuit look like in our marriage in these six pillars, then we could start shifting the needle on dopamine, okay. right? Raising that. Yep. If we thought, okay, what am I doing to increase touch and to build trust? Well, then all of a sudden oxytocin is starting to get in play here. There you and go. if we, we start going into this place of how can I look at the six pillars and make my spouse a priority? Now all of a sudden we've got serotonin coming in. So pursuit, touch, trust, and priority. If you go after that with the six pillars, what's going to shift in your marriage? How are those feelings going to follow your actions as you look at the six pillars? Mm -hmm. Because now all of a sudden you got a little bit of brain science going in. You've got the six pillars of intimacy going in. And that's where, that's where the magic starts to happen. You guys, right? That's where you start to look at, you know, okay, if I look at the emotional intimacy pillar, Right. What does it look like for us to go down memory lane Mm -hmm. and start remembering who we were, who we are Mm -hmm. as a couple and and start to profess our commitment to one another? Because for some of you, that emotional intimacy is going to shift when you know that your spouse is committed to you and to making this happen. Yeah, and emotional intimacy is both verbal and nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. So we can verbalize through sharing of our emotions, our feelings, where we're at. And yet don't forget your nonverbal communication speaks. It it just speaks so loudly. Yes. When you look at your spouse and you smile at them instead of turn your back at them, what does that, what does that say in your emotional intimacy? So what can you do in your nonverbal communication as well that begins to allow you to go, Oh, wow. There's this connection again. We're, we're, we're engaging one another again. I saw one post, I think it was in the One Family Facebook group, where a couple had fallen into a pattern of sleeping with their backs to one another. Mm. So they actually switched sides of the bed so that they would fall asleep facing each other. There you go. Right? Emotional inter- Like, I see you. I'm, my back is not to you. I'm facing you. Right. I'm engaging you. Right. I see you. You know, what do you do physically? Because physically it's going to like move the needle in terms of your physical intimacy. It's going to move the needle on the oxytocin. How are you intentionally touching your spouse? And I get it. If this is not like your default, I hear you. I am you. I understand. But when you understand yourselves, the brain science and how much that can move the needle, then you start going, okay, well, what can I do? If I want to fall back in love, what are those touches that I'm going to step into that convey love, that convey mm-hmm. attention, that can convey pursuit and prioritization, right? Are you going to hug? Are you going to kiss? Are you going to cuddle naked? What are you going to do, right? Because you can do something. Mm-hmm. You can do something to, to 
release the hardness of your heart and start saying, I'm going to actively fall in love with my spouse again. Financially, right? When we look at the financial intimacy pillar, people are like, okay, how can I, I mean, I get this question all the time. Okay. So financial intimacy, how is that going to impact me falling in love? Well, some of you actually need to invest financially in your marriage. Mm -hmm. And that means date nights. That means babysitters. So you can do date nights. That means getting coaching if you need it. That means going on a, a weekend getaway, just the two of you. There are ways that you build the financial intimacy and you make one another a priority and you go in pursuit of one another. And guess what? You do those things. And it's why, guys, this is why collectively, why vacation sex often is so much better because you've invested in that time to just be the two of you, mm -hmm. right? So you look at that spiritual intimacy, right? How do you move the needle with spiritual intimacy? You start praying for one another. Mm -hmm. there, there is something powerful. Like it's really hard to grumble about your spouse and pray for them at the same time. That is very true. And this is one I'm working on a lot this year. This is, this is my pillar personally that I am that I am pressing into because I do believe it's going to move the needle for me mm. in this. Like, how can I fall in love with Elisa again and again and again? I know I'm going to do it. I mean, it, we're, we're only 24, four years in. We got, we got we're more, babies. Than, I mean, we got more than that ahead of us. And so for this year, for me personally, this is the one that I'm really pressing into praying for Elisa. What does that look like? Um, seeking for some of you, it's just, it might be just seeking and understanding and working through forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Has something come up? And it doesn't have to be large breaches of broken trust or a, an issue that came up. It doesn't have to be large to start festering in you and creating unforgiveness, bitterness, offense. So is there something in your life right now that you've been looking at your spouse going, because of that, because of them, and you haven't released it, then right now it may be the time for you to start looking at how do I forgive my spouse? Right. How, what do I need to do in this moment to begin to release that and pray for them? Mm, so good. You know, recreationally, some of you have fallen out of love because you haven't been spending any time together. None. And now when we say spending time together, this does not mean, please do not take this as, oh my gosh, we need to go spend a hundred dollars every time we go out. No, no, not at all. Some of the best times that Elisa and I have, we don't spend a dime. We get outside of our front door and we go for a walk and we may buy, go buy an iced tea and a coffee, you know, and sometimes we don't even do that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just walking up and down the beach. Sometimes it's just walking around the neighborhood or going into a Canyon and on a trail. So do not do not take recreational intimacy and think that it has to be about the money because it doesn't have to be. And I want to say one thing to this too. Just because you're in the same room doesn't necessarily mean you're spending time together. No, because Elisa and I watch movies and, and this is just us. We, we spend all day together. And there are just times when, we're, we, when we watch movies, just as we did this, this past week with our kids, we were just watching some old John Hughes movies, which we just love. And you know what? I'm on one side of the couch. Elisa's on the other. Like my son's next to me and our daughter's next to her. 
but that's not recreational intimacy. Right. And before you all freak out, there are times that we do watch movies where the kids are not in between us. I know we've said that, so we don't need the messages saying don't put the kids. <laughs> but but I, what, what we're saying here is spending time together is actually about the quality, mm-hmm. not the quantity. Mm-hmm. This is the quality. I'd rather spend 10 quality minutes with Elisa than spend two hours of just quantity of just being in the same room with her. So do know that for you guys. Lastly, sexual intimacy. Mm. This is this is one that when you've fallen, feel like you've fallen out of love, um, this one can take a huge hit because you might use sex as a weapon. It, it might be these cycles of rejection mm-hmm. that you've gotten into. And, and some of you, like the hug, you may actually just need to start thinking about having sex again and then do it because it's been so long and you feel like you're out of practice. And yes, it's going to be awkward, it is. Totally. Like, let's just admit it. It's going to be awkward. It's been so long. It's going to be awkward. And yet, in that place, you get to rely on your emotional pillar. Mm-hmm. You get to rely on your physical intimacy pillar. And then you get to engage one another in your sexual intimacy pillar. You know, just as we were wrapping up there with the sexual intimacy and talking about it being awkward and, you know, thinking back to that message that said, you know, maybe I just want to start over again with someone new, right? I think about the first time that you have sex with someone, right? It's awkward. It's like, you're trying to figure out like, yes, you know where the body parts go, but it's different, Right. And you're trying to. And and so what I want to say is, look, if you would, if you're thinking right now, I've fallen out of love and maybe I'd be better off somewhere else. And you're thinking about how you would get dressed up for this person and how you'd take them on dates and how you'd spend time talking to them and how you'd, you know, romance them and do all of these kinds of things. I actually want you to pause for a second and say, why am I not doing that? In my marriage, Mm -hmm. because it's really interesting if you're going to go put forth all of that effort into something new, that means that you have it in you to put forth the effort. So do it where you're at, Mm -hmm. right? Go after and pursue because I've seen it time and time again. You know, when I'm talking to coaching clients, when, you know, a message comes in where it's like, go pursue your spouse the way you're thinking about pursuing something new and a shift happens. You heard it in the hug. Yeah. Right. Here's a couple of the sexless, resentful, disconnected and everything. They go and they start pursuing one another. Okay. Come on, dopamine. They start touching one another. Here comes the oxytocin. They start making each other a priority. The serotonin, like the formula is not rocket science. If you're going to go do it for somebody else, do it in your marriage and see what happens. Yeah. And, and we want to tell you that it can, it can happen. Believe me. Put forth the effort, take action, be intentional. Do it in each one of the pillars of intimacy. See what happens. Challenge yourself mm-hmm. for a week, for 30 days. What happens? What would happen? Maybe you don't even address all six pillars. Maybe you just look at one. Maybe you look at two. Where could your marriage be? Where could it be? Let me tell you where it could be. You could fall in love again mm-hmm. and again and again. Because this isn't going to be a one-time thing. This is going to be like, man, we went through a rough season. I'm going to fall in love with my spouse once again. Here we go. And you know what? We're here believing with you. We're here praying for you. We're here pressing in for you. Because we believe here at One Extraordinary Marriage, and Elisa and I believe that you can have the extraordinary marriage you desire. 
Are you willing to take the action though to make it happen in your marriage? You guys have yourselves a fantastic week. We're excited to see what's going to happen as you all begin to fall in love with your spouse once again. Love you guys.